Soon, the United States Supreme Court will be handing down its decision in Dobbs versus Jackson. No one knows the outcome for sure, but the landscape over abortion stands to be altered in a significant way. Several states have already passed bans on abortion in anticipation of the decision. The abortion cartel is preparing. Are we ready to handle the influx of parents who need services in these communities? On today's program, we'll answer that question, plus provide you an update on the Justice for the Five effort in our nation's capital. Activist Radio, the Mark Harrington Show, is brought to you by Created Equal, and you can donate to our ministry by going to MarkHarringtonShow.com. Just click on the donate link there, and you can give to the radio program or to the ministry of Created Equal. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast by going to any of the popular podcasting platforms, if you would, and also share the program, and if you would, please leave a five-star review of the program. Well, as I said in my setup, we're going to be talking about two things today. The first is, what do we do in a post-Roe America? What are the tactics, two of the tactics that we can implement to win the battle in a post-Roe America? As we all know, the Dobbs versus Jackson case is soon to be uh, handed down by the U.S. Supreme Court. We expect, hopefully, that the court will be overturning Roe versus Wade or significantly degrading Roe v. Wade. In any case, it's going to change the landscape for us, and we have to be prepared for that. And there's two things we're going to be talking about today. First is deploying mobile pregnancy resource centers with ultrasound units. We'll be talking about that today on the program and how that might play into this whole equation. We'll also be talking about Project Week Link. I've been mentioning that in past programs as uh, the events in Washington, D.C. continue to unfold in the retrieval of uh, 115 aborted babies on March 25th. And that story continues to have legs. And we want to talk about how that plays into what we might be doing in a post-Roe America. So, Let's start out with this. Uh, John Kennedy famously said that, as JFK said, that a picture's worth a thousand words. And it's been proven when it comes to injustice, such as abortion, that abortion victim images save lives. We've proven that with the, uh, the outreaches that we conduct across America on college and high school campuses, in the public square, on jumbotron screens, static images, overpasses, airplanes, billboard trucks, we do it all. But if it's true for victim imagery and how it is effective, how that tactic is effective in changing hearts and minds, then it follows that it would also be true for prenatal images. For example, ultrasound imagery. We've all seen ultrasounds, right? We've all seen pictures of our own children or grandchildren or others, other people's children by now, uh, these ultrasound images are ubiquitous in culture. And so if victim imagery works, we know that ultrasound imagery would also work. And so Created Equal is on the front lines of the, abor uh, the abortion battle. 
using imagery, whether it be victim imagery or prenatal imagery. And so we are in the midst of right now uh, conducting a fundraising program to raise enough money to deploy a pregnancy resource, a mobile pregnancy resource center that would be deployed in front of abortion centers in the Midwest, starting here in Columbus. And that is to help pregnant women who are in crisis so that they choose life for their unborn children instead of abortion. Now, we all understand the Pregnancy Resource Center movement. The idea was to to offer alternatives to parents who are considering abortion. And this has been highly successful over the last several decades in saving millions of babies. Uh, one of the things that these uh, mobile units provide that the pregnancy resource centers, the brick and mortar type, don't in, is that they're mobile, obviously. Uh, a lot of abortion clinics uh, are standalone units. They're brick and mortar standalone units. And most abortion centers in America do not have a pregnancy resource center nearby. Of course, if you understand the adage in business, location, 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 that's what matters, right? It matters in the restaurant business. If you're going to make a hamburger, you want to be near McDonald's and you want to be near Burger King and Wendy's. So if you notice, those are always cloistered together. And there's a reason for that. If somebody wants a hamburger, they know those are the three places they generally would go. The same is true of abortion. If a woman is thinking about having an abortion, uh, to commit an abortion, she's going to go to Planned Parenthood and Abortion Center. What better place to put a pregnancy resource center? Well, that works when it comes to brick and mortar. However, the mobile units allow us to go to places where there are no uh, physical pregnancy resource centers next door to the abortion centers themselves, those facilities that kill babies. And so we are in the midst of launching our campaign to put a mobile unit on the ground here in Ohio. There is no such thing yet in the state that we're aware of. Uh, We are planning for a post-Roe America with or without Roe versus Wade. This uh, type of tactic, I think, uh, makes sense because we can go where the pregnancy resource centers can't. Uh, And mobile allows us the flexibility to be able to deploy this thing at a moment's notice. For an example, let's say that Roe versus Wade is overturned and abortion becomes illegal in a in a um, in a border state to say a state where it's legal. Well, the best thing to do is to deploy these resources in the states where abortion is legal in order to hopefully uh, cut off or meet uh, the, the women, the parents that might be coming over the border t- to seek an abortion in a state where abortion is legal, coming from an abortion-free state. This could happen in Ohio. This could happen in any state in the union. For an example, Michigan is, is right now has a referendum, or at least they're going to be likely presenting a referendum on the ballot in November that would make abortion legal up to the very moment of birth. Now, if that's the case, right, there will be people possibly coming to Michigan from other states where abortion might be made illegal. This could happen in Ohio, Indiana, and a border state to Michigan. Likewise, 
if Ohio remains a, a state where there's abortion and Michigan were to divert back to its 1931 law that abolishes abortion, there'd be Michigan parents coming to Ohio. That is why, for one reason, we're hopefully going to deploy this unit on the border between Michigan and Ohio. There is an abortion center there in uh, in the Toledo area that does not have a pregnancy resource center next to it. So we may be mobilizing this unit for that purpose. So this is the idea behind the Mobile Pregnancy Resource Center. It's based on location, location, location. It's also dependent upon active and effective sidewalk counselors, which we have here at Created Equal. This is something we do on a routine basis. Our counselors are probably some of the best in the country. Why is that? Because we're used to being out in front of abortion centers. We're used to being out in front of the public talking about abortion. Our people are bold and bright. They're courageous, but they're also winsome in winning people to the pro-life position and persuading ladies, young ladies, normally, to consider our position. And the idea with a an aggressive sidewalk counselor coupled with a mobile pregnancy resource unit, you can hopefully um, convince one of these women who might be vulnerable to abortion actually come and be uh, counseled in one of these units. So that's what we're up to, and we're asking for your support. If you're able to support the effort, we want you to go to our website at createdequal.org. There's a donate link there. You can give to our pregnancy resource mobile unit. We need to still raise about $30,000 in order to purchase the actual vehicle itself and the renovation of that vehicle. Uh, The ultrasound unit, we're hoping to work with the Knights of Columbus in order to provide the resources for that. But you can help us by going to createdequal.org, click on the donate link and give to the mobile pregnancy resource unit that we will be deploying uh, hopefully later this year, as as early as late summer, uh, after the, the Dobbs v. Jackson case is handed down. We know this is successful because that women that see an abortion image Uh, 80% of them, according to the National Institute of Family and Life Advocates, 80% of these women who are abortion-minded before they see an an ultrasound of their baby choose life after seeing that. So if we can get these women to see their baby on an ultrasound, we have an 80% chance of saving the life of that unborn child. So This is something Created Equal is doing. Again, building off our experience in using visuals, victim imagery particularly, but in this case, using prenatal imagery in the via ultrasound imagery to persuade women not to kill their children. So once again, you can support the effort by going to createdequal.org. You can uh, just uh, click on the donate link and give to the ultrasound unit. Now, let me switch gears. I want to talk about what's been going on in Washington, D.C. recently. If you've been watching the show, staying with us on social media, listening to the program on my podcast, you know that we've been very involved in this effort in Washington, D.C. to bring justice to the five uh, late-term aborted babies that were retrieved from the sidewalk in front of Washington Surgery Center on March 25th. 
Of course, there's 120, uh, I'm sorry, 110 of these babies that were uh, in the first and second trimester that were buried currently. Uh, but these, these five children, we have tried to get justice for them by asking the mayor, that is the mayor Bowser of the uh, Washington, D.C., to perform or, or to order the performance of an, an autopsy because we believe that there were crimes involved here, federal crimes against the, uh, the partial birth abortion law and the Born Alive Infant Protection Act. Uh, to date, we have seen nothing from the mayor except denials that these aborted babies were aborted according to D.C. law. And I, I once again say that there are no laws in D.C. regarding abortion, but there are federal laws that are being broken here. But at, to date, we have seen nothing on this. And frankly, I don't expect to see a whole lot coming from the D.C. mayor. She's pro-abortion, very pro-abortion. She's in the District of Columbia, which is where the Biden administration is currently in the White House. And we know our Department of Justice, run by Merrick Garland, is also pro-abortion. It's highly unlikely they're going to do anything on this. But it needed to be tried because justice needs to be served to these unborn babies. Now, when it comes to created equal, our role in this was different in that we attempted and were able to secure the video and imagery taken from the uh, these aborted babies that were uh, retrieved from the sidewalk in front of this abortion center. And we are going to be exposing the abortionist to the community in which he resides and the community in which he operates this abortion facility. His name is Cesare Santangelo. And Mr. Producer, if you would cue up, this is a video of Cesare Santangelo. Uh, this was caught undercover uh, by live action, I think in 2014. This is Sarsari Tantangela telling how he goes about killing unborn babies and how he refuses to resuscitate babies that are born alive after a failed abortion. Go ahead and play that clip. Does it ever like move or anything when it comes out? Or? That's why I try and, and uh, sever the umbilical cord first. And we okay. wait for that to, to stop pulsing. And that's why the, the uh, fetus is expired first. Okay, stop there. So first of all, referred to as it, not he or she. The baby is a he or she. Uh, he says he severs the umbilical cord. Uh, how? What human being can do this other than a monster? Uh, and then he says it expires, not dies, not it is killed or murdered that the baby expires. I love the clinical or I hate it actually, the, the clinical language that is used here. This is just so matter of fact for this man. Go ahead and continue on with the clip. Expired first, so it doesn't. Usually at this point in your what pregnancy is, is too early to survive, usually. Okay. It will expire shortly after birth. You know, technically, you know, legally we would be uh, obligated to help it, you know, to survive. But, you know, it, it probably wouldn't. It's all in, in how vigorously you do things to help a, a fetus survive at this point. You know, there's so, things right, you do. There. Obviously, stop there. So, obviously, legality does not matter to this man. He says, technically, legally, he would need to resuscitate the child. 
But because more or less, because the woman came there to get an abortion, they want to make sure that they fulfill the wishes of the mom by letting the baby die, even if the baby is born alive after a failed abortion. Sickening. Go ahead, go ahead and continue on. So you're here for a certain procedure, and if, if your, your pregnancy were, let's say you went into labor, the membranes ruptured, and you delivered before we got to the termination part of the procedure here, you know, then we would do things, we, we, would, we would not help it. We would not help it. It's unbelievable. Yet this person walks today, currently. I call them killers among us. Uh, you could be at the supermarket, at the Walmart, and the, the guy next to you say, say sorry, Santangelo. You wouldn't even know it. He's a mass murderer. He's a serial killer. But he walks free on the streets of Washington, D.C. at this very moment. And justice has not been served to this man. He's on video talking about how he kills babies who are born alive after abortion. And five of these babies were in the second, late second and early third term of the pregnancy that were discovered in Washington, D.C. One, maybe up to 32 weeks gestation. These are children that can live outside the womb with the proper neonatal care. Yet, Mayor Bowser and the, uh, the D.C. administration government refuses to even perform an autopsy to see if crimes were committed. This is how deep the cover-up is on abortion. So what can we do? Well, we can appeal to the government, which is a, we need to do that. But frankly, I am tired of begging evil people to do good. I'm tired of begging evil people to do good. I mean, there's a point in that, in that it drives a story and it gets it out in front of a bunch of people through some of the media and social media. But the truth of the matter is, these people are corrupt and evil to the core. They're not going to do a thing against Cesare Santangelo. So what's left for a pro-life activist? That is to use the public square, or you could say the court of public opinion, because that may be the only justice that is served to a man like Cesare Santangelo for his evil deeds of darkness, at least on this side of eternity. That it, in, in that, he will have to, if you expose him to his neighborhood and his community, he will have to make a, a defense, if you will, for what he does to his colleagues, his friends, his neighbors, and so forth. That may be the only justice that is brought in these cases. Uh, the bottom line is this. Abortionists like Cesare Santangelo that kills late-term babies, even those who can live outside the womb, should be known for what they do. In fact, it's an indictment on the Christian community if these men and these women live in these communities undisturbed. Now, let me be clear. I'm not advocating violence or anything like that. That is something we strictly oppose here at Created Equal, violence against abortion providers and other things like that. We, we are totally against and condemn abortion, all abortion-related violence. But there are things you can do to bring public pressure against individuals like Cesare Santangelo. So we are planning a public awareness campaign in these communities in the coming weeks. And you can be part of that by supporting our work by going to createdequal.org and click on the donate link. Also, you can use abortion victim photography in your own pro-life activism. I said this before. 
Just go to createdequal.org, click on the store link there, and you can order your own set of drop cards. These are cards you can be leaving around anywhere. I often put them in the little slot at the gas station where you put your credit card in. The next person that pulls up to fill their gas, they're going to find out that card. They're going to look at it, see an aborted baby image there. You, you can change hearts and minds that easily by going to createdequal.org, click on the store link. You can order a pack of these, 100 of these for five bucks. Five dollars gives you 100 of these drop cards that uh, display a, a, a an aborted image. Now, finally, um, recently in St. Louis, if you would, Mr. Producer, pop up that photo. We had a, uh, a, a child saved from abortion that I'd like to talk about. Now, we've been displaying abortion victim photography for 10 years. We started using the Jumbotron in 2013, and then we have been able to display this type of video imagery in different forms throughout the last 10 years. One includes this video screen that is pulled behind a truck or, tra or, or van that is a trailer, an image, uh, a video screen. That has been taken to abortion facilities across America and currently is being used in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, for the first time the other day, we displayed this and a baby was saved after the parent saw the developing human on a video screen. So the fact of the matter is victim imagery works to dissuade women from killing their babies and prenatal video and still imagery works. And that's why we are launching our campaign to deploy a mobile ultrasound pregnancy resource center unit here in Ohio. And we can use your help to do that. Um, finally, Curtis Bay Waste Services continues to deny the fact that they uh, are burning babies for electricity. I mean, it's hard for, for you to even put your mind around this. I know it's almost, it's so difficult to even imagine the notion that we in America, a so-called civilized nation, right, uh, would actually kill late-term babies in first trimester and second trimester babies and then turn around and burn this so-called bio waste to help generate electricity. But that's what's happening at Curtis Bay Waste Services and Curtis Bay Energy in Maryland. Now, they continue to deny this, but the evidence is clear. We have the video evidence of the babies that were picked up along with the Curtis Bay box, the medical waste box. Uh, we have other evidence. They have scrubbed their website of references to the idea that they burn biohazard waste to produce clean energy. So they are on full damage control. Well, we're going to keep the pressure on them, hoping that they, among other medical waste companies, will cease their involvement in the abortion cartel. Now, I want to cue up one final video. This was taken from TikTok. And folks, I just want you to understand where we are as a nation. We have individuals in this country that would, would, would mock the idea of babies being burned for electricity and think it's a good thing. Uh, this is hard to believe, but this stuff is on social media. We came across this video after we released information on Curtis Bay. 
and their involvement in the abortion cartel there in Washington, D.C. by burning babies for electricity. And I want to play this clip just to hopefully give you an idea what we're up against. Go ahead and play this clip if you would. Aborted babies being burned and then used for electricity? I hope they are. I am so tired of seeing this. You know what? I hope so. I hope so. I sure hope so. I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I can just imagine the snowflakes with that one. <laughs> oh, no. I just eat mine straight from the can. It's just unbelievable. Mm. You can end it there. I don't think. Now, you could say, oh, these are a bunch of still silly kids, stupid kids, just having, you know, whatever, a good time making fun of this. But mocking is a form of coping with a difficult subject. So we understand that even though they make fun of this, the truth of the matter is it's starting, it's provoking some kind of response in them. It's not the current, the proper response, which would be sorrow and repentance, but it is, it is provoking a response. Here's the bottom line, folks. We need to apologize to Nazi Germany for what we're doing. Compared to what they did, we are doing much, many more things worse in a so-called free country. We are killing late-term babies. The government wants nothing to do with bringing justice to the ones that do it. And we're using the remains of those children to burn them in incinerators to burn them for electricity. I know it's hard to believe. If you don't believe me, go to projectweeklink.com. Projectweeklink.com. The evidence is there for you to see. We'll see you next time. God bless you. God bless America. And remember, America, to bless God. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.